This is Saster's Founders Favorite Series, where you can hear some of the best of the best from Saster speakers. This is where the cloud meets. Light Matter is a digital product studio that helps some of the world's fastest growing startups and enterprise companies design and develop software applications. They build killer web and mobile apps, APIs, and help with some of the toughest legacy transformations. Check them out at lightmatter.com forward slash saster. Up today, David Sachs, Craft Ventures general partner on how to turn your SaaS startup into an army. So, you know, probably the, the, the topic that, um, that I get asked about, you know, the most over the past 20 years based on my operating experience is just kind of how do we, how do we kind of get more organized? How do we solve this? And, you know, wouldn't it be nice if somehow we could turn this shit show into an army, you know, where we could get every, instead of having this startup chaos, we could get the team working in lockstep rather than having this feeling of, of disconnected functional areas. Everyone in the company knows what to work on. And, you know, rather than having this sort of erratic, schedule around, you know, hitting sales targets or hitting releases, that there's a feeling that just quarter after quarter, the, the company keeps shipping and, and selling. And to me, that, that's what the cadence is. I learned this operating myself. You know, first I was um, the, the founding era CEO of, of PayPal during the PayPal mafia period. Um, and I, I sort of was a self-taught product uh, person. Uh, and kind of learn how to do product management operations there. And then, you know, my, my next company, I, f- I founded Yammer, I was the CEO, and we adapted the, this sort of um, operating philosophy for a SaaS company. We had to learn how to uh, do sales and, and sales marketing, compete uh, in heads up sort of uh, battles against other companies selling similar products. And we refined the, the cadence then, and it, it worked extremely well. I mean, um, you know, we went from, uh, zero to 56 million in, in sales in, in under four years. And that resulted in a, a unicorn. Uh, we, we ended up selling the company to Microsoft in 2012 for, for $1.2 billion. And I think to this day, it's actually the fastest uh, unicorn SaaS exit. Now, during that time, you know, we were competing against Salesforce at a competing product called Chatter. And so we studied what they were doing very closely. I read, you know, Mark Benioff has a great book called Behind the Cloud, which I recommend to everybody. And so we learned and adapted key elements of their system and incorporated it into this, this cadence. Um, and, you know, Salesforce is the most successful cloud software company. And so it's worth, I think, you know, learning from the things that they've done. So what is the cadence? They're basically, it's based on a few very, very simple insights, but very few startups are actually doing these things. So the, the first insight is that there's two key systems in a startup. The first system is what I call the sales finance system. And the second system is what I call the product marketing system. Uh, both of these systems, in my view, run better on a quarterly cycle, and they should be planned on a quarterly cycle. And then the final, the third insight is that well, if you've got these two systems, they're running on a quarterly cycle. If you just snap them together with a slight offset, and we'll talk about that, you can then create a single operating cadence for the company. Uh, it's very simple. I mean, this is something that every startup can do. And when a startup kind of deteriorates into the, the thing I call the shit show, it's always because one of these uh, groups or one of these systems is either it's not being run the way it needs to, or it's not being snapped into alignment with the other systems. All right, so let's, let's take, talk about each of these systems and functional areas 
and then I'll explain how they all snap together. So the first system is a sales finance system. And so let's start with sales. So sales, in my view, is best run on a quarterly plan. It's, you can kind of get there by process of elimination. The two other ways to run a sales team is you can run them on sort of annual quotas or you can run them on monthly quotas. And in my experience, annual quotas are just too slow to judge performance. It doesn't let you uh, make modifications and adjustments uh, mid-course if you have to wait till the whole year is over. Uh, by the same token, monthly plans are too volatile. Um, you know, some, some startups can do monthly uh, quotas if they have an extremely quick sales cycle. But otherwise, for the vast majority of startups, you want to be on a quarterly uh, quota plan. And then the other thing you want to take into consideration is that, you know, if you adjust quotas and territories more than once a quarter, you'll really start to affect the morale of the sales team. They'll, they'll start feeling undermined. So the first part of the, 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 the sales finance system is to recognize that sales must be on a quarterly plan. And then that allows you to create um, a, a series of milestones within each quarter. So, you know, every quarter is going to start off the same. You're going to start off with the sales kickoff. Uh, at that kickoff, the, the sales team is going to receive their plans or territories. If there's any company objectives or, or spiffs, things that the company wants to incentivize, those things will be covered then. And you're going to do some significant retraining. You're going to retrain the, the sales team on the product. You're going to train the, the sales team on any best practices. If some reps have been particularly effective, you're going to want to share those learnings, that wisdom across the group. Um, the second month, mid-quarter, you're doing a lot of pipeline inspections. You're, you're the sales leader is making sure the team's going to hit their, their goal. They're making adjustments, giving advice in terms of how to, uh, in terms of like how to actually you know close those deals. And then we'll talk about this in a minute. But the, the marketing and product are generating news in the second month of the quarter, and sales can use that news to warm up prospects, email them news, collateral you know, awards recognition that the company is getting and use that to help put deals over the top. And then the third month, you really want to avoid distractions. The team should just be head down on closing and, and making their number. So that's the sales calendar. The sales calendar is part of one system with the finance calendar. And I mean, this is pretty, I think, obvious and intuitive as well. But the, the starting point for the, the finance calendar is to understand that there is an, a, a fiscal year, a, a sort of financial or, or accounting-based fiscal year for the company. And the question really is, well, uh, there's only two choices for that. You can have a fiscal year that ends on December 31st or you, with a calendar year, or you can have one that ends on January 31st. And um, my recommendation for most SaaS companies is that you want to have a January 31st fiscal year for the simple reason that you don't want to be closing deals during and have the entire uh, year's number because a lot of deals will come down to the wire. You don't want to be scrambling during that, you know, Christmas to New Year's uh, week when, you know, everyone's on vacation. It's more uh, humane for your sales reps to not make them work uh, during that week or to have their, their, their quotas depend on that. But also, it's very hard to get a, a hold of prospects during that time. Uh, and so, I recommend generally a January 31st. Uh, you'll also avoid kind of being, you know, smart prospects will know at the end of the year to demand discounts because they know that if the the vendor is scrambling to close deals to hit some number, they can, they can get a, a better discount and you'll be in a better position of leverage if you're not having to give uh, year-end discounts. So I generally recommend January 31st. And then that means that your sales quarters that we talked about will be based on that fiscal year end. So now 
you can basically say, okay, well, look, if, if I've got the Q4 is going to end now on January 31st. So that means that uh, my Q1, my, my quarter end is going to be uh, now uh, February, March, April. And then so it's April is the next quarter. Uh, and then May, June, July. So July is the next quarter end. And then August, September, October, October is the next quarter end. So we can now essentially snap the sales quarters to the, the fiscal year. And, and then you want to do this for reporting reasons, right? I mean, so if the finance team will close the books on each fiscal quarter, report that to the board, you don't want to be reporting sort of incomplete sort of mid-quarter sales numbers. Uh, you'll have a much better idea of what's happening in the business if you're reporting, if your, your sales quarters are snapped to the fiscal year. And then the final thing I like to do as part of the finance calendar is make bo snap board meetings because you want the board to review the information while it's still fresh. And so I, I like to see uh, board meetings, but typically quarterly board meetings occur two to three weeks after the close of these quarters that we talked about when the results are fresh or something to talk about. And now the team can get strategic insights from the board right at the beginning of the next quarter and there's still time to implement them for, the, for that quarter. So that's the finance calendar and, and the combination of sales and finance working together is what I call the sales finance system. So let's shift gears to the second system. It's the product and marketing system and the, the product calendar. So, you know, the, the product calendar, uh, you know, I want to tell you about my philosophy on product management. And this is something I, I learned at, at PayPal and then, uh, re refined it at Yammer is, you know, a lot of people, a lot of founders, I should say, um, resist the idea of having uh, sort of planned quarters around product management. And I've really learned that this is a, a good thing to do. You know, again, when you're in that seed stage, when the founder can just run around and tell engineers what to build, that's fine. But again, we're talking about the time in a company's life when they're expanding from 50 to 500. And just having the CEO running around every day or every week uh, telling people what to do just doesn't scale. And so you need product managers. And those product managers, I've learned, work best on a quarterly calendar. So the analogy you can use is, you know, let's say that you want to fill a jar with rocks, pebbles, and, and sand. We kind of this graphic here uh, down on, on, the, on the bottom right. So how, how do you do it? You know, and you see the jar on, on the left here, uh, they weren't able to fit the, the rocks in the... Um, the, the, the jar because they filled up the sand first, then they put in the pebbles and then they did the rocks. So the, the right way to do this is to put the big stuff in first, the rocks, then you put in the pebbles, then you put in the sand. And product management is a lot like that where what you're trying to do is maximize, it's about resource planning, right? And so you're trying to maximize the amount of stuff that you can get pushed through the system with a fixed amount of resources. Um, it's about maximizing that. And what I found is that companies that don't think in terms of a quarterly product management calendar, one of two things happens. Number one, they just ship sand, right? They don't think in terms of shipping 10 pole features, new products, major releases, or when they do, they end up going wildly, wildly over schedule. So they'll, they'll put together, they'll ship a new product, but because they never really planned it, they didn't scope it correctly. And so you'll be talking about a product that should have taken or was supposed to take one quarter and you'll still be, you know, doing it two, three, four quarters later. You know, I've seen, you know, V2s that were supposed to take a couple of quarters end up being literally years late and it paralyzed the, the development roadmap of the, of the company. 
So product management is useful to make sure that you actually do big stuff. You don't just get the sand done. You actually get some big rocks in there, but it also helps you make sure you're scoping correctly. And the rule we had at Yammer is that every project we would assign somewhere between two and 10 engineers for two to 10 weeks. And so the absolute biggest project that we could ever do would be 10 engineers for 10 weeks. And, um, and that would be for the absolute most strategic priority. We would just say the max is 10 engineers, 10 weeks. And if we couldn't do that, the, prod, the product needs to be rescoped. It needs to be uh, shrunk down into something that we could, that 10 engineers could ship in 10 weeks that we could put in front of users, get feedback about whether they like the product before we then went on to the next round. And so th this is a system that, that we've used. And again, you know, what having a product management calendar does is allow you to think in terms of what are the rocks, what are the pebbles, what are the sand? Let's fill up that jar with rocks first, then pebbles, then sand. You will actually get more done, like the jar on the right as opposed to the jar on the left. You will actually fit more through your, your, your roadmap. Moving on to, to the marketing calendar, the marketing calendar, uh, there I guess a couple of key points here. One is that you know marketing and product, those calendars are, are one system for the obvious re reason that startups are product driven and most news uh, that the company puts out will be will feed off of new products, new product releases. And so marketing is really going to piggyback off of the product management calendar. It's going to be you know marketing those product features. And those product features should be the centerpiece of marketing events. You know, I also believe that for marketing purposes, having four big releases is better than having 52 small ones. Um, it's not to say you can't ship code weekly or even daily, but in terms of for marketing purposes and for planning for product management purposes, you really want to think in terms of a big seasonal release. And that's what Salesforce has done very effectively for 20 years is that they have a, you know, winter, spring, summer, fall release. And they, um, it's just the compounding effect of that has been huge. The other thing you want to think of for, for marketing purposes is you really want to have an event-based marketing calendar. And I don't know why more startups and more founders don't do this. Some of the most successful founder CEOs that we've ever had in our industry have used this technique of event-based marketing. So Steve Jobs, I mean, the big the iPhone release that you think about the big product releases that Apple's done, they were always based around events. Mark Benioff with Dreamforce, now the largest tech conference. And obviously, Elon, whenever he puts out a new product, it's based on a live product demo. And so, you know, having an event-based marketing calendar, I think it does a number of really important things. Number one, it combines, it, it, there's so much clutter in the world right now that just putting out a press release doesn't get it done. When you can combine the press release, that news with an event, you bring together customers and fans and influencers, and you combine it with a live demo, you don't just put out a press release, you create you know, what's called a lightning strike. It's much more compelling. The next thing though, is that uh, it, there's an internal benefit, a huge internal benefit to the company in terms of setting dates, correct, setting dates, setting deadlines in advance. You know, the deadline, the date for these events gets set well in advance. And um, so, you know, if, if the folks at Tesla know that Elon's going to be going on stage to present the Model 3, they've got to hit that deadline. Same thing with, you know, Mark Benioff at Dreamforce. Knowing that you're sending your CEO on stage with that product is, you know, tremendously motivating for, for the team inside the company. They know they have to hit those deadlines. And then finally, it forces the leader of the company, not just the team, but the leader of the company to think 
about prioritization and what's really important in a different way, because you're, you, the leader, are going to have to go on stage and present and explain this big product announcement. And you're going to have to effectively justify why it matters. And so it forces the leader of the startup to think months in advance about what is going to be important to customers. And what I find is that if you think about the product marketing calendar this way, uh, it makes it a little bit more like the, the sales finance calendar where sales is about selling to customers. You know, sales doesn't work unless the customer buys what you're selling. And I think that, that that's a good dynamic. You get market feedback. And I think having to think about the customer and their reaction while you're doing the product and marketing planning is a very good thought exercise for, for the company. So that, that's sort of um, you know, how the, the product and marketing system works. Now let's talk about how you snap these two systems together. The, the most important concept here is very simple, is that you want to have an offset, say a half quarter. You don't want uh, the product marketing system for their major event, for their launch event, to be coming due at the exact same time that the sales quarter is, is sort of coming due. You don't want to light everyone's hair on fire at the same time. It creates too much chaos inside the organization. Also, you know, it's not good change management. You don't want the product and the product demos changing right when sales is trying to close deals. You want some stability in the product. And by the same token, when you have these big uh, lightning strike events in the middle of the quarter, sales can then use, they, that usually comes with a bunch of uh, positive uh, press coverage. And, and sales can take those articles, they can email them to prospects, they can use it to warm up prospects who've gone cold, or they can use it to help you know, further deals, to help put deals over the top. Um, so it, it's just a much more useful time. And so if you think about these two systems, you just want to offset them by about half a quarter. Okay. So now let's think about, well, how are we snapping this together? Number one, you're going to decide your fiscal year. It's going to be December 31st or January 31st. And then you're going to snap the fiscal quarters to that. That will snap the sales quarters to it. And then you're going to snap your event schedule so that events occur in the middle of the quarter. And then you're going to plan your R&D cycle to hit those event deadlines. It's very, very simple. But this will give you a superstructure for everything happening inside of the company. Now, one objection that I get to this, I know a lot of you think that, you know, when you hear about events, that you think no one's going to come to your event. And um, I just, you know, that's why I thought of Yammer is that, um, you know, we, we decided we we're going to do this thing called Yam Jam. And we, we made it our annual user conference. And um, we were very worried that no one would care and no one would show up. But you would be surprised, even, you know, in our second year as a startup, that a large number of people showed up. You know, if, if you have product market fit sufficient to raise a Series A, Series B, and you're scaling from 50 to 500 employees, you have a fan base out there, you have a community, and you can engage them. And you may start small. It may only be a few dozen people at this event, but it will grow. And, you know, just look at Dreamforce. You know, the, the, the products that, that Elon and, and Tesla have rolled out and what, what, what Steve Jobs did at Apple, though, obviously those are very sexy products, but... You know, what, what Mark Benioff has done at, at, at Salesforce, you know, that's CRM. It's not, um, it's not inherently the most exciting product. It's business software. And yet they've been able to, you know, starting from very modest beginnings, they've been able to turn that into the largest tech conference. And so you will get people to turn up at your event. And what I recommend here is, you know, one user conference a year and then three smaller webinars or city events. It doesn't have to be a huge event for the other quarters. But again, it just it forces that, that discipline around, you know, making sure that what you're working on matters. So let, let's, let's translate this. So now you've snapped 
these two systems together, let's kind of just quickly review what's going to be happening in a quarter. And, and the amazing thing about the cadence is I can tell you what's going to be happening inside your startup, if you, you know, inside a SaaS startup, without even knowing you know, what, what software problem uh, your, your, your business is, is addressing. But if you're using the cadence, you will be marching to this beat and you'll be well organized. So every you know, month one, it's going to be dominated by the idea of planning. And so you're going to start off with a sales kickoff. There's going to be you know, prep for that sales kickoff. And at the, the sales kickoff, you're going to get new sales plans, territories, and quotas are going to be finalized. Meanwhile, the finance team is closing out the quarter. And by the way, the PMs are presenting at the sales kickoff. They're basically retraining or training up the sales reps on the latest changes in the product and what's coming out next because selling your product roadmap is a very important part of the sales process as well. So you're going to have this cross-functional opportunity at all these events for, for those kinds of interactions. Next, you're going to have board meeting prep and then you're going to have the board meeting. And then immediately on the heels of that board meeting, you're going to want to feed those strategic insights that you talked about into, back into the company. And typically, you're going to do a product roadmap prioritization for the next quarter's launch event, not for the one that's just about to happen, but for the next quarter. Meanwhile, code freeze and QA are beginning for the launch event that you're about to do in month two. So month two is going to be dominated by, you know, say in week seven, you're going to do this event. It's either going to be your user conference or it's going to be a city event or in the days of COVID, it could just be a webinar. That's fine. Uh, but you're going to basically have this, this launch event and the first uh, couple of weeks of month two are going to be dominated by people getting ready for that. You know, the marketing collateral is going to get finalized. The event uh, prep, event details are going to get finalized. You, you might be, you know, you're certainly going to be doing QA and testing on the release. You might be in closed beta with some customers. And then the other thing that's happening, though, is that the product managers are, should be racing ahead to be getting ready for what's happening next quarter. And they might start, they'll be working on specs and design reviews for what's happening for the next quarter. At the end of the month, at the end of month two, you're going to want to debrief. You've just done this big launch event. How did it go? What are the learnings? You may have convened your customer advisory board. What did they say? Uh, you're going to want to debrief and internalize those lessons. You're going to want to do recognition inside the company. You're going to want to recognize the people who made it all happen. There should be some celebration. Normally, you know, there are good things to celebrate. You just did a big launch event. And so um, recognizing and celebrating that accomplishment is a good thing to do. Like I mentioned, sales reps can now use the marketing news that you just generated at this event to warm up leads. And the engineering team's going to be really busy if you've just done a big launch event and you've just done a big launch, there's going to be bug fixes. And so for a week or so after launch, they're going to be busy doing that. Meanwhile, the PMs are finalizing the next quarter's uh, launch, or next quarter's release. And then finally, you've got the third month of the quarter, which is really a heads down period in, inside the company. So what's happening in month three is that the sales reps are really focused on just closing deals. You want minimal distractions for the sales reps. And then coding is going to begin, uh, if it hasn't already, uh, for the next quarter's release. Remember that in month two, the PMs and designers really finalized uh, their part of the release, the planning. And now coding begins in earnest. And so month three is really this, this heads down period where people are just cranking out code and closing deals. And that's basically the quarter. And then, you know, you start again with, you know, right back at it in, uh, you know, now you're at the beginning of the next quarter and you're right back at sales kickoff. You've got the quarter end closed. You've got your next board meeting and so on. So this really creates an operating cadence within the, the company. And, and the, you know, one of the big benefits of, of the cadence is I think it has uh, important cultural benefits. And so there's this old debate about 
culture inside of startups, which is, well, should they, should a startup be, be run like a, a sprint or a marathon? And you'll hear founders defend both ap- approaches. And, and, you know, my view on this is actually, you know, which one is better? I would say neither. I think that the best approach is, is ladders. And so, you know, for, for people who are into fitness, you know, ladders are when you sprint for a while and you do a sprint and then you rest, you let your heartbeat return to its resting rate, and then you repeat, and then you do it again. If you try to run, the, the, the fact of the matter is that startups do take a long time. I mean, they're, they're an infinite game. And if you try to just run it as a sprint without rest, you will burn people out. Conversely, if you have this attitude that it's just a marathon, I do think that is a, a recipe for going slow. And so to me, ladders are the right balance culturally. Let the team, you know, sprint, hit this big launch, uh, you know, let the sales team, let them sprint to hitting their quarter end, but then you have a recovery period. You know, um, you have the sales kickoff, you have that week, you, you, uh, you have that week after the big launch event where you're letting people celebrate the accomplishments, reflect on what has happened, and then you do it again. So uh, let me kind of just summarize. So, you know, what is the cadence? I think the, the cadence is four sort of key calendars in the company which consolidate into two synchronized systems and then one operating cadence when you have those two systems working in tandem with each other with sort of this half quarter offset. Um, I think human beings are wired to think in terms of seasons and quarters. And I think this is like a very natural way for all of us to work is, uh, is in terms of these quarterly planning cycles. Uh, the first system, the sales finance system really orients around the quarterly close as its central event, what it's building up to. And then system two, the product marketing schedule or system is oriented around this big launch event. You want to use these two systems in tandem with each other. Whenever you have an event, it's an opportunity to synchronize people inside of the company around cross-functional collaboration. So like I mentioned, you know, the product managers are going to speak at the at SKO. And I also believe in the sales reps attending, you know, say virtually you know, through streaming, uh, any of these product launches. I think it's very inv- important to involve the whole company in these big events. And then what you're going to want to do is, you know, if you think about your all hands meetings, you're going to want to work backwards from these events. And so, you know, knowing that these are the big milestones inside the quarter, you almost know exactly what each all hands is going to be about. So, you know, after the quarter close, you're going to do an all hands meeting to review, you know, the results, what just happened. The all hands meeting before the big launch event, you're going to want to preview what's coming out. The, the all-hands meeting after the launch event, you're going to want to debrief on what you learned. You know, the all-hands meeting after the, the board meeting, uh, I think it's a good idea to kind of review, you know, what you just talked about with the board. And so you should also be thinking about, you know, what are these key events? Because each one creates cross-functional collaboration, but each event, each of these important events also creates the opportunity for an all-hands meeting inside the company so you can keep everybody up to date and synchronized. And then I would just tell you, you know, the compounding effect of shipping just four great quarters a year. I know, I know if you're shipping, you know, daily or weekly and you say, well, wait, four, you know, and again, I'm not saying you, you shouldn't just push code live. I think it, it makes sense just to, for version control, you want to kind of get, uh, you want to you push code. But again, in terms of the planning cycle, I, I know it seems like you're getting less done to have four lightning strikes or four mega launch events compared to 52. But again, think about, you know, the rocks versus sand and the compounding effect of, of implementing the cadence quarter after quarter for years is enormous because I can tell you most companies, you know, in this like 
you know, a few hundred employee range or big companies, they're lucky if they have one great launch every year. And so if you can do this quarter after quarter after quarter, the way that Salesforce has, the compounding effect of that will be very big. And then finally, like I mentioned, startups are not a marathon or a sprint. Think in terms of ladders. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised culturally at what that, what that does for you. Light Matter is a digital product studio that helps some of the world's fastest growing startups and enterprise companies design and develop software applications. They build killer web and mobile apps, APIs, and help with some of the toughest legacy transformations. Check them out at lightmatter.com forward slash saster.